0: The Axe of the Blood God. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamers' official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Cat Bailey, and with me today, as always, my lovely co host, Nadia Oxford.
1: Hello, everybody. Uh, we have an interloper here today as well. Um, what? I used- <laughs> Who did you bring with you, him. Nadia? What the hell? <laughs> he 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 kinda like snuck onto the carriage of my car. Uh he is Anthony. He yes. is my friend. Hello.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh
1: Hello
0: I... Nadia's friend Anthony. Welcome to the show somehow.
2: <laughs> I I feel like I'm I am I can be the sort of the Vincent Valentine or go go for the show this <laughs> week. It's the optional side character that you can choose to bring along, but a lot of people will be like, No, I missed that. I'm just gonna I'm just going to leave him. In the, belly Gogo of the is great orb. but
1: Vincent sucks. Oh, All right,
0: Nadia. He can Vincent. stay. <laughs> His nerd cred seems reasonably intact.
1: Yes. He doesn't eat much.
0: But uh, yeah, this is Anthony Agnello who's been kicking around the industry for quite a while and he dropped me a line basically going, "I'm playing RPGs, can I be on your podcast?" And I said, mm-hmm. "Eh, fine, <laughs> come on board. Uh, we not? we have we we don't have high standards around here, but" <laughs> So we're going to talk about what our, what Anthony's been playing, which includes Radiant Historia, which is another game that Nadia has also been playing. But first, uh, let's just quickly recap yesterday's Nintendo Direct or last week's Nintendo Direct as this podcast is posted. You can tell when we're recording this. So I went into this. Thinking that there was going to be an update on the new Fire Emblem for the Switch, uh, mm. we were sadly disappointed. That was the piece of news that I wanted the most, I think, uh, along with maybe Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, DLC, for example. But,
1: yeah, I'm surprised I wasn't there.
0: Yeah, I-, I guess Xenoblade Chronicles 2 might be a one and done type thing. I'm not sure. But in any case, we-, we did get quite a few announcements. We got South Park coming on to the Switch. Are you You reviewed that, Nadia. What do you think about that?
1: Uh, I reviewed that. It actually would be a perfect game to just kind of play in a handheld mode. Uh, It's not a game that, like, I remember it being very divisive, and some people got kind of mad because I wasn't too offended by it. Like, I kind of recognized for how, like, awful it is at the same time. Like, there are certain aspects I really kind of enjoy, despite myself. So um, I would not play it again, I don't think. I think, you know, I've had it once. Uh, I'm done with South Park. It it was fun. I don't need to pay attention for another ten years. Uh, But if you are a South Park fan and you haven't played it, uh, by all means, uh, you could do a lot worse.
2: It's not as good as the first game. I was really disappointed mm-hmm. that they didn't announce both of them as a bundle for the Switch. That would have been great. Because Stick of Truth is a game that I would absolutely replay if they cleaned it up, polished it just mm-hmm. a little. Uh, but separate butthole... The separate
1: butthole is not the, <laughs> it's not the best <laughs> RPG in the world. It's just not... I know some. P- See, I never played the first game, and I've I've discovered some people find that the uh, battle system for the Fractured Butthole kind of tedious.
2: It, yeah, it it's not. It, it's it's strange. It's a more mechanically sound
1: battle mm-hmm. system.
2: Like it's more balanced. It's more interesting, but it's just boring. It's just it, it's one of those games where it almost feels like all of the parts fit together really really well, but it's like a Lego set that builds a McDonald's. instead of a pirate ship or a spaceship you're you're i'll be honest i
1: kind of like that that sounds like kind of a cool idea like (laughs) hey there's a mcdonald's on your shelf why do you have that i don't know i felt like building mcdonald's i made it it's my golden (laughs) i made it what do you think why not i i think that
0: the main benefit of south park is that it's going to look really good on the switch it's going to look great on that screen I don't think it's particularly hardware-intensive, all things considered. No, no it's really So not. the Switch should be able to run it without too much problem. Maybe there'll be some load times, I'm not sure. And for people who are like, I like South Park, I mean, that's just an easy sell. It's like, oh, yeah, basically you get a South Park cartoon on your Nintendo Switch on the go.
1: Yeah, uh, one thing about it I should uh, warn people up front is that it is definitely longer than Stick of Truth. I think Stick of Truth was about 12 hours. Uh, a fractured butthole took me like, 20 hours yeah uh, and that was without me farting around too much
2: and it just the the end it's one of those rpgs where it ends and then it keeps going it ends again and then keeps going and ends a third time
1: yeah a couple of times i thought okay we're done oh no we're not done but i will say i love uh who's the name what's the little diabetes kid scott oh scott (laughs) malkinson Yes, he's great.
2: <laughs> Best character in the entire game.
1: Oh, he's amazing. I, I fell in love with that little dude.
2: Yeah, he's he's excellent. Um, and now I, I can't remember what her name is as a superhero, but Wendy. Wendy's oh, Call char- Girl. Call Girl. Call Girl yeah. with her many different cell phone attacks. And the,
1: the, I, lo- I just love the phone destroyer <laughs> clip every time she pulls that off.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just and keep that's... those two in your party through the entire game and you can blast through it.
1: I had Timmy, too.
2: And Timmy. <laughs> Yes. No, sorry, not Timmy. Um, uh, Jimmy. Jim- yeah. Oh yeah. J- uh, wait, Jimmy, is Jimmy is the one who's the Flash? He's yeah, the- he's, the Flash. he's the fake Flash, and Timmy is Professor X. Right. Yes, I got it. I can remember yeah. all these things in that game.
0: <laughs> it's because he's in a wheelchair. Get it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One yeah. thing I would say about this game, I would not recommend playing it on a plane because. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I said on Twitter when I was, I was live tweeting the US Gamer. Uh, Twitter feed during the presentation, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, South Park is on the Switch now. Show it to your grandma. Don't show it to your grandma. That was a joke.
0: <laughs> Absolutely yeah, not,
2: not. Not not one of the ones that you want to just sit there with the audio. You, if you have a Switch and you get on a plane, you're like, I'm going to do it in that initial Switch announcement video and prop up the screen on my tray. <laughs> play it in front of a family of four sitting next to me.
0: Just kind of tilting it over a little bit on your on your your yeah. tray."
1: Tali having weed rage in his uh in uh that battle <laughs> lack of weed rather
0: the other game or the other thing that was announced we already knew that dark souls is coming to the Nintendo Switch which should be interesting to be perfectly honest i, I find myself a little bit on the fence about whether i or not i want to actually get it cuz god knows i've played dark souls on seemingly everything at this point even though it's even though the last release was actually just on PC and PS3 but it feels like it's ubiquitous but in any case, uh, yeah, it is coming to the Switch, and it has an Amiibo. And yes. That's possibly my favorite thing about a game getting ported to the Switch now, is that it feels inevitable that it's going to have an Amiibo. Yeah. And in this case, it is the perfect Amiibo, this side of the gaping dragon, which is Solaire, the the Sumbro, the the guy yeah. who became <laughs> a meme unto himself with the Praise the Sun uh, salute. And yeah, made an very ent- uh, entire generation of people into Sunbros. And, yeah, I, I, I do you guys still collect Amiibos? Uh,
1: here's the thing. Uh, when one comes around that I'm really interested in, it's almost always sold out. And by the time I think of getting it again, I just don't care as much. Uh, there are certain ones that I, I, I adore, like the Woolly Yoshi. Uh, I, I really do kind of want Solera, but he's probably going to be sold out in five seconds uh, as many listeners of the Blood God know, I have not played Dark Souls, so I think this is my chance. Oh, I, you know,
2: Nadia, on a recent episode, I, I do feel like I'm the guy that's like longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, <laughs> I know that you were talking about it, you know diving into Dark Souls for the very first time with this release, yeah. possibly. And I, I'm not a, a Dark Souls neophyte. I've played two, I've played three, I've played Bloodborne, I played Demon Souls, but I've never played one. So I'm going to be joining you in this adventure. And I actually... Can you explain the sun, bro, to me? I don't know this meme. I feel like I'm I'm missing something.
0: Well, I mean, you see this guy going praise the sun really early on and helping you with the battle. And it was just such a... It was a distinctive-looking figure. Uh, The salute was also pretty distinctive people would be going ah praise the sun etc
1: yeah and i think solaire is also uh he's kind of a very cheerful character in a very dark and gritty world and he's very when you meet him he's very polite he he's he has i can't remember who voices him but he just has a soft like really charming voice that everyone (laughs) fell in love with and he talks about like jolly cooperation and all this other very uh british sort of things he's he's just kind of a character. But oh, it's man. also,
0: it's a faction in the game, right? So oh. that you can join and then you can beam into other people's games to help them out killing monsters. And the great majority of people prefer to do that in Dark Souls versus, say, the hardcore PvP, which is, which is its own faction and that kind of thing. And the faction stuff, I believe, was introduced in Dark Souls, if I recall correctly. So uh, the Solaire came into this game and Dark Souls, of course, was far more popular than Demon Souls, ultimately. So, uh, consequently, uh, and uh, the the Sumbros, I don't remember their their names, so everybody calls them Sumbros, but they've continued (laughs) through the other Dark Souls games, and just everybody has kind of their preferred niche, and that is one of them. And Solaire, I think, exemplifies probably the most popular faction in the game.
1: Yeah, I didn't know Solar was uh, only in Dark Souls One. I thought maybe he had a presence in the other games too, other than Bloodborne.
2: So I have—he I, might be in the sequels, but I—I I have this sort of blind spot when it comes mm-hmm. to the Souls games. I get about 15 hours in, and I'm I, I, up to that point. I'm like, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm enjoying myself, and then about at that like baker's dozen hours. Mm-hmm. I, I'll run into that boss or that section that just keeps pummeling me and I say no man life's life's too short I'm out yeah, yeah. I got I got that. what I need I'm, I'm 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 I'll go play with a real cane sword
0: instead of <laughs> this for a while so I'm the kind of person who I run into a hard boss and I go Uh, I'll fight it a couple times just to kind of get a feel for how it actually goes or how the fight actually goes. Mm. And then once I feel like I have a pretty decent uh, feel for it, I will make sure that I'm at my most powerful, like I'm in human mode and all that. Um, And I will call in, I will actually call in people to help me out because I have absolutely, I have no shame whatsoever about calling people into my game to give me a hand with a boss. And
1: yeah, I should really do that more.
0: And sure. almost in almost inevitably, the people who are still playing Dark Souls right now, it can be hard to matchmake, uh, especially with mm. some of the older games, but the people who are still playing Dark Souls know that game so well mm. that they will come in and practically solo the boss for you. I, I remember <laughs> Bob telling me that when he beat Dark Souls the first time, he got to the, the final boss and... Like, he called somebody in to help, and that person just walked in and proceeded to kick the living crap out of the final boss. And he was like, okay, great. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. So if you want to see the end of the game, there you go. That's how you do it. Are
2: you, you, even though, so you like the difficulty of the game, but do you like not beating the boss? Here's the secret. Uh,
0: I don't like the difficulty of the game. I don't don't care about the difficulty of the game. What I care about is the really cool at- gothic a- atmosphere. Yeah, I yeah. care about the kick-ass boss battles. Mm-hmm. I care about the mechanical depth. I think the online community is really awesome. And I just... It's a great world to explore, right? There are so many interesting mysteries and secrets and things to find throughout. And I don't want to get stuck. And yeah. so I have yeah. no qualms whatsoever calling in somebody and enjoying a really epic boss battle i, I was it's such a good it, like that atmosphere is so goddamn good that i
2: i i long for an easy mode i long for mm-hmm. an easy <laughs> mode. I i i i keep waiting for the moment that they say that the switch version will have funky kong mode or the equivalent <laughs> of funky kong mode you know, not that you not that your Grimdark, you know, knight will have a surfboard that they hop around we the should. world in, but that it is the like we understand that you're playing this with Joy-Cons probably. They're teeny tiny mm-hmm. controllers, let's make this easy on you.
0: The yeah, thing is there is, the is an easy mode. It. The easy it's mode just, is evil. go on the internet and look up the strongest and most overpowered build uh, and yeah. <laughs> put that onto your character and you will probably wreck shop. Yeah, I mean, I was doing that in Dark Souls 3 without too much trouble. I, I, I can't remember the exact sword I picked, but I picked one of the most overpowered swords, gave it to my character, and was actually having little to no trouble getting through the game. And I was totally fine with that. The thing is, though, mm-hmm. with Dark Souls, is that it also caters to an ex- a distinct hardcore who can do shit like beat the game with DK bongo drums. And... <laughs> it's a great also, way twitch to it's a great twitch way to show Dark off Souls. on twitch but yes. if you are a casual fan there is mm. in fact a way to get through the game without actually too much trouble like people have been playing this long enough they have figured out how to break the hell out of that game
1: yeah they would have yeah yeah like, someone seriously do that's right someone did do dk bongos didn't they
0: <laughs> yeah they beat it with a variety of weird ass controllers and i'm Lord. just like what the hell man <laughs>
1: I just remember Twitch playing it and when they went up against Ornstein and uh, Smoog, uh, that was that was a real adventure.
0: I reviewed that game and Ornstein and Smough almost killed me. And like, like literally in real life. like I almost like. died <laughs> cuz I was just it was like <laughs> 2 in the friggin' morning and I have to finish this game, like time is running low on up until embargo and I'm just like I'm never going to finish this game. I, it's literally impossible. I can't do it. I cannot beat these guys. These guys are too hard. What have my I done? Head,
1: they're a married couple.
0: <laughs> they are totally a married couple. They're see, totally a married couple. See, Nadia's already going for the frickin' fan fiction. My God. Um, <laughs> just, just shipping that Dark Souls before it's
1: even played. Shipping that cannibal and that dragon slayer.
0: <laughs> anyway, the amiibo, there was some confusion about the... Uh, the salute uh, whether or not you would be able to do the praise the sun salute only with the amiibo but it's not it's not locked behind it in fact it just makes it so that you can have it immediately so you don't have to join the sun bros you can have it right then
1: oh you don't have to be part of their little club
0: yeah you can you scan in the amiibo you can do the emote it's possibly the lamest uh bit of exclusive amiibo uh, physical dlc ever but well, whatever worse right? than the
2: metroid 2 remake that came out last year that was pretty bad that was like the,
0: the fusion the hard mode i think yeah yeah but that was actual content yeah it's true shay yeah and also and, and also that metroid amiibo was really freaking cool oh it's <laughs> that so was. good Here,
1: here's the thing about amiibo versus like skylanders which are all rotting at the bottom of some land poison landfill somewhere Uh, people basically collect Amiibo because they are fun. Like, I don't care if you can do Mm. anything with, with, uh, Solaire. He's just a a cheap, fun figure that I can put on my desk and laugh at. Yep. Uh, that's all I, that's all I require. I don't really require much in the way of in-game content.
0: I collect Amiibo because Nintendo won't stop sending them to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's still not as good as the cup noodles.
0: That's a good reason. That's a good reason. Here
2: is here's a here's my life hack for uh, amiibo, and I'm I'm saying life hack I don't want you to think that I'm a person who uses that phrase earnestly. Uh, but this is my this is my solution to making amiibo practical. If you like having a Christmas or a holiday tree, they're the best ornaments of all time. Yes. Ooh. They're the yeah.
1: best ornaments of all time. I have seen people time. do that conversion process. Yeah. It's really fun. Super I've simple. Evolved.
0: I have only purchased one Amiibo on my own with my own hard-earned cash, and that was the Duck Hunt Amiibo, because I loved the dog with the bird, I just happened to see it at some store, and I was like, oh my god, that's an amazing Amiibo, I want that, and I bought it, and I was happy. They're really cute. Yes. (laughs) That's a Duck Uh, Honestly, okay. the the rest a lot of the other Amiibos are actually kind of underwhelming in terms of the actual design. There's some really good ones, but a lot of the ones are just kind of like, eh, it's okay." But
1: Yeah, like I said, I love the Wooly Yoshi. Mm. I love I like the unique one.
0: Though. Oh yeah. god, yeah, there's some really good ones, but god, my te- my house has enough toys in it as it is. So it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, eh, "No, no more Amiibos. Okay. Last thing before we move on. Uh, Nadia, last week we were yeah. talking about what we were hoping we would get out of the Valkyrie profile uh, Lenith teaser. And uh, we officially have an announcement and it's a mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so It's a sorry, mobile game, man. And not just a mobile game. It's a mobile game port of the freaking PSP remake.
1: Jeez. It's so, that's, that's just painful. And I mean, it's not the first time square has, uh, ported, uh, their handheld games. to mobile, like they did that for final fantasy four DS and uh, they did that for after years too, for some reason. And, uh, yeah, Square just loves that kind of low-effort, low-budget project to bring in some quick cash. But I'm sorry, P- though. But,
2: but the PSP version... I Okay. So I, I feel like, Kat, are you and I two of the five people in existence that played the PSP version? I didn't Lo- play the, the PSP
0: version. I had the PlayStation version, and I didn't feel any particular need to buy the PSP version when I read that. It was kind of the inferior version. Or people is- were saying that it was kind of fuzzy... Didn't have the amenities of the English release um, and things like that, so I was like, "Oh, well, why right. would I buy this thing?" The load times
2: are, and th- this is oh, a game yeah, that I have the load times. I've attempted to play Valkyrie Profile like six times over the past twenty years, and I never make it more than a few hours in. I've tried it on, you know, both the PS One and the PSP. I never make it that far. The PSP is version is unplayable because of the load times. Right, it is un playable and given Square's track record with optimizing these re-releases I don't have a ton of don't have a ton of faith and like not just the UMD version if you play a um, legitimately acquired digital version of the PSP version of Valkyrie Profile um, that's not a thing you can get but if you do just play the, the ISO it's
0: no better no better I ripped, so, yeah. uh, I ripped the disc, the PSX disc, to my PC and playing it in an emulator. And yeah. that is probably the best way to play Valkyrie Profile at this point. Um, if you have a PC that, I mean, you should have a PC that can handle it, but... Yeah, at oh, this yeah.
1: point, you should have had one by 98.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I want not go that far, but I, <laughs> I think the thing with Valkyrie Profile, and it pains me to say this, but... Uh, I think that the really long story cut scenes can be pretty ponderous for a lot of yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time to get through. I, I, I like watching the stories because I find some of them are boring. Some of them go way too long. But there are others that are like genuinely sad mm-hmm. uh, or genuine, a lot of like, I mean, you're watching in every one of them, you're watching somebody die and you're watching their last moments. And so it could be like, it can be pretty intense, actually. and But, yeah, in any case, like, in terms of actual uh, modern RPGs, I think a lot of people would find Valkyrie Profile to be relatively slow going, which is kind of why I was hoping for, like, a remastered version. Yeah. That just lets you go just fast forward it. through them. I don't know. Yeah, it's not I'm happening. Valkyrie should, Profile's not enough of a, pro- a property.
1: Yeah, hmm. I'm actually wondering if I should just kind of just bite the bullet, get the the PS1 version, and play it for... Uh, for, like, 100 bucks. Show. Uh, yeah, more than really. that at this
2: point. It's like Not as bad as speaking 2
1: in, in the heyday, but yeah. still not great. Yeah, it's Kevin, not exactly are, are Panzer
0: a, Dragoon, but geez. Are
2: you
1: a are you a Valkyrie Profile
2: 2 Silmeria fan?
0: Uh, Not really, no. Yeah, uh, I was going
2: to say, that's a cheaper option, but it's it's also not great.
0: Oh, well, Silmeria, yeah, I, I was ranting about this in the previous episode, it's stripped away a lot of the character and the fun of the original mm-hmm. Valkyrie Profile. And I didn't like the main character particularly. Like, I guess she had a decent arc, but she was pretty boring uh, yeah. at the start. Uh, the, the one thing that I would say that was really good about Samaria is that they took the battle system that they introduced in the original Valkyrie profile and really beefed it up in some pretty interesting ways by having you running around on a 3D battlefield, mm-hmm. uh, breaking off parts of bosses, uh, things like that too. So like they... Mm-hmm. They did some cool stuff with the actual battle system, and at the end of the day, I didn't regret my time with Samaria. But uh, as far as follow-ups to the original Valkyrie profile, I was like, eh. Also, it came out in yeah. like 2006 when the PS1 was based. PS2 was dead, or but, getting yeah. there. So,
1: on no That
2: was that was when Odin Sphere was coming out. It's
0: true. That's it's such true. a good
1: game. Although, Although I actually played that for the first time. The Okami
0: re-release. came out in 2006 as well.
1: That's, yeah, that's true as well. It's yeah.
0: coming to Switch 2. Woo! Yeah, that, another game. That. Fast forward, Man, this they managed text. to get a lot of juice out of that game, I gotta tell you.
1: They really did. Hey, you didn't play it the first time? Well, guess what, assholes?
0: Yeah, that game die. bored the heck out of me when it came out. Uh, it's, I'm not gonna lie. Talk about I, I, have tried to
1: play, yeah. I have tried to play the remaster, and I really appreciate it for what it is, but I find the text is so slow, and you really can't go through it as quickly as I'd really like to, and I hope they sw- fix that on the Switch, but they won't.
2: No, they won't. <laughs> Capcom doesn't put work into its switchboards. Oh. Come on!
0: Remember Come the on. time when I came out on the Wii and we just, people discovered the IGN watermark.
1: <laughs> that was classic. That was like one of my top ten industry moments.
0: That was uh, that's from the
2: period of time where Capcom was. Uh, there was a stretch where Capcom was making the best retail packages of all time: the Okami yeah. Wii release and Resident Evil Revelatons.
1: Not yeah, they, miss- <laughs> they misspelled their name at one point, too, I remember, on one of the boxes. I can't remember what <laughs> game it was for, but they were like Capcom or something. <laughs> yes!
0: That's, hey, that's, Capcom's that's stepping quality. up its game right now. I mean, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary is coming out from the Digital Eclipse people. Mega Man mm-hmm. Anniversary Collection was outstanding.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, They're, they are fine. I think they, they got a fire lit under their ass because they were looking pretty grim there for a while.
0: And uh, I'll be honest, Monster Hunter World's my game of the year right now. And
1: yeah, and Monster Hunter World is pretty fantastic,
0: frankly. I freaking love that game. Have you been playing Monster Hunter World? I, I was, okay. I I have been
2: so ensconced in playing Xenoblade Two over the past couple oh. of months. That's that such a good game. I, it is so good, and I don't understand so... why. I the, my, the only explanation I have for people being mixed on it is that. It, it is the level of time investment you need to get to realizing that it is not just a good game but a great game is
1: yeah, huge It is very time intensive.
2: So I, also, I uh, titty Bunny. Yeah, there's also all right, why does every rare blade have to wear a thong? Because it's uh, not just God to create it. It's It's gender and species neutral. One of the main characters that's a blade is a tiger, and he is wearing a tiger thong. And I don't <laughs> understand what's happening. I do have to
1: say, you're right, the male blades, some of them are very revealing. They didn't get much much press. I got one guy who has a... Yeah, he's kind of revealing, and he was designed actually by the woman who did the Figaro twins from Final Fantasy VI. Oh. And he's got a... Uh, a tap on his waist like a a water tap because he's a water blade it's amazing yes (laughs) this game's amazing i don't care
2: yeah so all of which is to say that monster hunter world is such a time sink too that i i went in i created a character who's just geralt from Witcher. (laughs) it's just just geralt down to the face scar and everything and then i i got out and said that'll be there for me when i'm Done with Xenoblade two, but now Yakuza six is so close that I think Monster right. Hunter World's getting pushed further and further back. That's a game that I really wish was on the Switch too. That's a lying in bed game to me.
1: But my my PS4 struggles to run it, so I don't know how it would do oh. on the Switch.
0: Yeah. I'm on the final boss. Or I I'm near the final boss because the way it goes is You go through, like, there are three Elder Dragons that you have to take out. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like the Elite Four, I guess, in Pokemon.
1: (laughs) They're all Dragon Trainers.
0: Yeah, and then you go uh, to this place called the Everstream or something. I'm about to head there, and I guess perhaps I'm going to fight a final boss there, perhaps. And maybe that's when the credits will roll, so.
1: I'm going to kick the circle of life in the nuts.
0: I've put 70 hours into this game somehow. I don't even know how I did that.
1: I, that's not too bad yeah. uh, for an uh, like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I put 200 hours into that game. Easy. Easy. And that's not even everything done.
2: Nadia, I'm at chapter 9, and my clock is at 60 hours. I feel like I'm going really How? fast.
1: How well, did you do
2: that? All, all right. So I will say that if you haven't played it since they patched it about a week ago, it is... I went to easy mode immediately. I, need, oh. I, I went to easy mode, and all of a sudden... The, the thing about easy mode that's amazing is that it doesn't make the game less challenging. You can still right. die really fast in fights, but there is no longer the chipping away of health and enemies. It just right. halves battle time. So I think the okay. last, like, chapter 7 and 8, which are very dungeon-centric...
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I hated that dungeon.
2: Yeah, you blast through there, as opposed to just spending hours and hours and hours. So I think a... Seven-hour dungeon took me two and a half, which is oh okay. Yeah,
1: that'll do it. That's
2: that'll, great. That'll do it. Cat, uh, you forgot something from the Nintendo Direct. Hmm. Project Octopath has a uh, has a oh, release date, finally, and a and a dude with a loot, and a dancing <laughs> lady. <laughs> a dude
1: with a loot. I hate bards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't know. I don't know about this game. I think
1: it's so. I do. I, I it's I so did you pretty. play the demo?
2: It's, okay, so I loved the demo, but did you do the, the you know how the, the director was there saying, well, we've listened to everybody's feedback, yeah. and we've changed the game in real time. I watched the YouTube video they put out about a month ago saying, these are the things we changed, we made it so that you can skip cutscenes. If you've died, you can, you know, save anywhere and all these things. But I, I want them to cut that script back. Because every character has, like, five more lines than they need. Just <laughs> If you're going to imitate those old 16-bit RPGs, you got to keep it snappy. As opposed well, to who just... Did
1: the, I wonder who did the script this time around. I guess it's not Alexander O. Smith, but it uh, kind of has almost his... That flavor?
2: Format. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that flavor, definitely. Which it's, is great. I mean, I love his work. But. Yeah, I, I, it definitely
2: already feels Bravely Default, Bravely Second-ish in terms of yeah. the story. <laughs> that's
0: not a bad thing, as long as nope. they don't make it as grindy as Bravely Default. <laughs> I,
2: and that's one of the things they said. They said, we, we recognize that people want to be able to get through battles quicker, and I was like, yes, awesome. Yeah. Tokyo RPG Factory, take notes. You're next.
0: Oh, you know, kidding.
1: Poor to- Tokyo RPG Factory.
0: I feel bad for them. Yeah, their really their did. follow-up effort got almost no coverage from anybody uh, because yeah. it was just... The second that it came out, They was like, yeah, it's slightly better than the previous effort, but uh, not by much. I was uh-huh. like, oh, eh, eh. Like, there yeah, was a definite it, eh.
1: It didn't really grab me, and <laughs> this is when other... I think this is when Monster Hunter would, just came out and everything, and I was like, uh, I'm going to play Monster Hunter, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I, mm-hmm. I understand what you're doing, and I appreciate it, but it's just... Uh, I am just not that interested.
0: <laughs> but on the subject of Project Octopath Traveler, um, I, I guess I'm reasonably excited for it. Uh, it's going to be a good Switch game, great, great handheld Switch game coming out yeah, this absolutely. summer, if I recall correctly. So
1: yeah, it was before my birthday, July thirteenth, I think.
0: The, this feels like it's just it was kind of made for Nadia. <laughs> this is a Nadia yeah. game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Watch me hate it, and I'll hate myself.
0: Uh, I don't know you. you're not you're not the type to hate things very much.
1: No, I don't. I don't hate things very often. I'm like I'm like Mike in that regard. You're a lover, not a hater. That's very true. I am very much a lover, not a hater. I don't. I, I don't get angry very often.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess we'll see. Like, and I, I know that we were like pretty pumped up about Octopath Traveler last year when the demo came out. Like in hindsight, I'm like, eh, eh, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. But in any Probably case, uh, I, I wanted to get back to something we were talking about earlier. Like, Anthony, why do you consider well, what what made Xenoblade Chronicles Two a great game as opposed to just a good game for you?
2: Uh, man, it, it is in the same in this. It, it, it sounds so dumb and simple when I when I think of it. It's just the perfect confluence of art, story, mechanics, and just just world vision. Every yeah. everything that makes a good RPG a great RPG is. In Xenoblade Two, and working in concert, and I can't. This is really annoying. I can never remember the director's name. Can you? The, the Zeno guy. Um,
1: <laughs> his name always Mister
2: Zeno. Mister Xeno uh, guy. But I, Xeno, Xenoblade Two is the first time that I think one of his games has truly cohered into a whole instead of being a collection of really, really good ideas that don't quite work. Even, like, I love Xenogears as, as much as the next person who came of age during the PlayStation yeah. era. Uh, you know, it's, it's a fascinating, fascinating, beautiful game, but it's a frustrating mess. And mm-hmm. Xenosaga... All of the Xenosaga games are frustrating messes. That's that's a situation where the art is beautiful and the story is super interesting, but the story is terribly told. And the story is terribly told inconsistently, where they keep trying to do different things over these three games. Doesn't work there. Xenoblade 1 is a beautiful world, but you can't turn off battle voices in Xenoblade 1. <laughs> <laughs> in, yeah, in, unless it. you're ready for 100 hours of what a bunch of jokers, what a bunch of jokers, you, what a bunch do of. Do you jokers. use the
1: English voices in two?
2: I, yes,
0: I
1: love the okay, English too. voices in two. I love them; they're so great. I turned so it to crazy. Japanese,
0: and yeah, I preferred it in Japanese. Did you did you stick with it past the beginning?
2: Because I feel like the beginning of Xenoblade Two, the English voices were they just didn't do more than one take they were just like <laughs> they just recorded the like script read and we're like that's fine moving on
1: yeah but, there actually are some moments that are dramatic that rex actually delivers surprisingly well and torna is yeah. mostly voiced really well um who's that ripoff cecil character uh
0: <laughs> ripoff cecil oh, character by, uh, zeke uh,
1: yeah 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 no not zeke um, not zeke the guy who looks like cecil from dissidia uh just oh cecil from
2: it. dissidia I thought you yeah. meant, uh, the, the, uh, isn't Cecil the Bard in 4, Final Fantasy 4? No, IV? God,
1: no. We're not friends anymore. Cecil <laughs> is, uh, the paladin. He's the main character from Final Fantasy 4.
2: Oh, my God. That's, and now my credit's gone. All my credit's out the window.
1: <laughs> but I, I just like, I, I really like Torna because, uh, towards the end of the game, mild spoilers, uh, you kind of begin to realize that they're maybe even, uh, lovers, but, uh, that's, uh, the main character, the main villain, and, uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's um
2: everybody is lovers with everybody in xenoblade 2 that's the other thing i realized there's there is a just a good villain troop i feel like can we talk about spoilers for xenoblade i I feel like it's a long enough game and it came out only three months ago i don't want to give too many things away should we
0: should we say spoilers from here on out yeah uh for xenoblade chronicles 2 uh check the the podcast notes to see when we pick up uh, with yeah. the next topic. Go.
2: So, one of the things that makes this game truly great is, to to, to your point, Nadia, like, it does seem like everybody is in uh, an intimate relationship in this game. Every single yeah. character is either, Everybody's like,
1: screwing their blades, just e- putting e- it out there. Yeah,
2: everybody they're, is they're boning their sword uh, yeah. to hell and back. But there's also... Uh, Uh, profound and explicit intimacy between the characters of friendship. There is a very dramatic moment uh, about two thirds of the way through the game. It's sort of the climax of the second act where one of the main characters, Nia, uh, it's revealed that Nia herself is a blade that she is not 100% human. And as she, you know, accepts her identity for the first time, she yells to the main character. I love you. She yeah. just says flat out, <laughs> I love you. And it's not like, and we should get married and buy an island together and then get a dog. It's not, get a dog yes. it's not that kind of love. It is, she is saying like, you are my most precious friend in the world. And because of this journey we've been on together, I am comfortable being who I really am. And yeah, that like is, it's a... that's exceptional. It's an exceptional, exceptional character moment. And that's, you know, it, that, that's why people like JRPGs, right? That sort oh, of... and also,
1: uh, Bridget and... Ah, uh, oh, Morag. Uh, Morag. Uh, they are totally, totally uh, oh, together. Like, absolutely.
2: They absolutely. are 100%
1: together. Like, she, Morag, says uh, outright, uh, I would not want to live without Bridget. And I think Bridget says the same thing. And it's just, they're not, like, all grand and grandiose about it they're very they're very just down to earth like they she is my everything like she is everything in my life yeah it's so sweet
2: yeah Man,
0: for, for, i don't i wasn't even paying attention to half of what was going on in xenoblade chronicles 2 <laughs> stories i'm like who are these characters what i've like 40 hours into this game i don't know what the heck you're talking about <laughs> Who's <Morag? laughs>
1: Morag is the the, the, the the chick with the uh, the cool engineer's hat. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> sure. Okay.
2: Morag's the Valkyria Chronicles, that some character that somehow escaped Valkyria Chronicles and ended up in <laughs> Xenoblade. I remember Seriously. the little
0: fuzzy thing. I remember a kid with diving hat. I remember <laughs> girl a girl who's a blade, actually, but is kind of all, yeah. I don't know. Like...
1: Do you remember Jormark? Jormark's the one who counts the most. He's uh- a tiger. I liked the 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 battle
0: system, I liked the graphics, and so that's kind of what kept me going throughout. And I I liked the the Blade gotcha system, and I kind of sat around going, oh, I can't believe they didn't make this into a microtransaction type thing. Mm EA, I'm glad EA didn't get their hands on this game, but...
1: Yeah, we were talking about how if there was an executive from EA looking over the developer's shoulders, they'd be like, Why isn't this monetized? Oh, uh, God. Well, why isn't this monetized?
0: Why aren't these coming out of card packs? Is yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Build
2: your Xenoblade Ultimate Team in the most social electronic arts role playing experience.
0: God damn oh, it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of PTSD right here, Anthony. Yeah. Don't, don't it was do too, that. It was,
2: it was too real.
0: It was too yeah, real. It's how about a little bit too it was too real. It was too
2: real. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to another E3. Today, we're going to talk about an exciting, socially engaged racing, soccer, role-playing <laughs> experience set in the Madden franchise.
0: Wait, tell me more about this. I, I, this sounds like my game of the <laughs> yeah, year right here. Yeah, I got your attention. Yeah, I. Uh, that you have my really attention. <laughs> yeah, I Madden. Just, uh, yeah. Madden's uh, creative director is one of the biggest JRPG fans you'll ever meet.
2: I would really? never have been able to tell that from this past year's mess. He tweets.
0: Uh, he tweets at me periodically about uh, random RPGs. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny actually. But you oh, know, yeah, I want, it just I want goes the to the show RPG that sports game. and uh, RPGs not that far away from uh, from each other. But uh, getting back to Xenoblade Chronicles too, I just. Yeah, I guess the characters' designs and the characters themselves didn't appeal to me a huge degree, but mm. it just, it's kind of what you're looking for. What are you looking for in an RPG, right? You guys are clearly looking yeah. for an engaging story, and you're talking about how these characters are pairing up and everything, and I'm. I, I guess uh, once again, I'm just kind of looking toward the battle system, going, "This is a nice repetitive motions, the kind of game." I was playing it while watching Parks and Rec with the with the sound turned off, basically. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> but the the music's great, that. and I'm just like, "Yeah, I know the music's great, but this is a game I'm playing while watching Parks and Rec." <laughs>
1: See,
2: I did I did the exact same thing with the first uh, I'd say like 25 hours of Xenoblade. And again, I think I think part of the reason I'm blasting through this is that I I am just ignoring all of the side quests because oh, they're like they're they're the worst sort of just like go to this thing, then come back once you have the thing. Like, it's just the there, there's no very few of them, I will say, have, have yeah, rich character. There
1: are a couple that have like a better narrative, but yeah. even those kind of end suddenly. Like I was following a narrative uh, with the rebellion that was uh, mm-hmm. trying to like assassinate a political figure. And uh, it 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 could have been delivered better, like.
2: (laughs) And it it ends with them saying, "Thank you for bringing us twenty
1: logs." (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the logs. Big fire.
2: Uh, But those first twenty five hours, I just played watching old X Files. Like I, I just, and it was it was a TV RPG companion, which. You know, I, I like that mechanical, like you said, repetitive battle system. I like grinding and dragging Quest to a nice uh, TV show.
1: Wow, well, there's music for that. Yeah, it, it
2: gets to... Xenoblade gets to a point where all of those different things start to click in a new way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it takes a long time to get there.
1: It really does. Like I didn't really like what we're talking about, Anthony and I. Doesn't I didn't even start to notice that until far past forty hours into the game. Yeah. So don't worry, Cat. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I can't imagine putting two hundred hours into that game. I can't.
1: <laughs> I just I just really enjoyed it. Like I w- I won't say it's a perfect RPG, but I I just for what some it, of its parts, I I think it's a lot of fun. Also, I like how uh, draw a mark. Uh, he gets so offended if like Nia suggests that his fur is not perfectly soft and luxurious. <laughs> he gets very ang- he is very sad about that.
2: He is he is like Alf- if Alfred from Batman were a giant cat. Yes. It would be Tromark, which is not something I realized I wanted in a role playing game until it was presented to me.
1: Exactly. No, uh, it's pretty it's a pretty great combination.
2: Are you guys both people who enjoy the RPG that lasts like 200 hours? Because I, I usually... I have, like, a 100-hour barrier where I don't really uh, ever want to go past that.
1: It really depends. Like, I think Xenoblade might be an exception. Mm. Uh, maybe the other exception I can think of is Skyrim. Mm.
0: It has to be uh, a friggin' incredible RPG for me to want to put more than 100 hours into it. I mean, to even get to the 100-hour mark, it has to be a friggin' incredible RPG for me. Like, yeah. because my time is so limited these days, mm-hmm, I have to exactly. be want to come back repeatedly... And I, I think at this point, we're talking Pantheon level games here that will get yeah. me to put put in more than 100 hours, like Witcher 3, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that I put 70 hours into Monster Hunter World, I think maybe tells you how good this game is. The fact that it's got me motivated to grind and try to get the best gear. Um, otherwise, it's like uh, once I hit like the 50, 60 hour mark, I'm like, OK, I- I'm fine. Yeah, uh, I- I've gotten everything I want in this game. Uh, we were talking about side quests of uh, Witcher 3. I mean, that should be just a great example of a game w- of what can happen when you don't neglect the side quests. When you put a lot of effort right. into the side quests to make them really great and really engaging. Because there's such a great way to tell a story within a story. To have a nice little arc. And when you just make it into busy work, that is, it actually lowers the quality of the game. Yeah. Because... I mean, nobody wants to collect five logs. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) I get it that there are people who are like super OCD about that shit. But it's not fun. It's a job. It's a thing that they feel compelled to complete. It's like achievement hunters. They're not necessarily having fun doing that. They're doing it because they must have every achievement ever. So I just... Dragon Age did this too, you know? It's like... I would rather have way fewer side quests mm-hmm. if if they're good, if they kick serious ass. I mean, one of the things that annoyed me about Horizon Zero Dawn even was they were talking. It's like, well, we, we had this system, and we were just basically going side quest, side quest, side quest, side quest, side quest, and we're just <laughs> dumping them into the game. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so simple and so mechanical. Put a little craft into this. Don't just, mm-hmm. just, just don't crank them out. Come on.
2: Yeah, the moment I saw a a uh, notification pop-up in Horizon Zero Dawn, and this is, this is actually embarrassing, because I was on the air doing a stream with the mission designer, and a little pop-up comes up that's just... It was like, you've knocked out this number of the bandit camps. And I immediately said, like, that's it, I'm done playing this game. I'm never... <laughs> as soon as we're done with this interview, I'm out. <laughs> because... That sort of that sort of side quest tedium it chases me away from a story. Like I find it, I find it galling to the point that it makes me not want to play the rest of the game. It's what sort of ruined the Assassin's Creed series to me, because the the balance of get all those feathers to actual interesting story became out of whack. Um, and you know, I I, I feel like. I feel like there's an expectation for modern game makers, not just RPG designers, to add as much value as possible. Yeah, it has to be absolutely. all the value in the world. It has this many side quests. When, you know, I think at the end of the day, if you just fo- follow Chrono Trigger's model, Chrono Trigger has maybe 10
1: side quests Total? Yeah, towards the end of the game, you can, like, most of them are optional, and it depends how you, if you finish them, it can affect your ending. Right, but, uh,
2: and all of them are interesting. Like, every yeah. single one is interesting, and The Witcher, The Witcher does that, but the, can you, you can't count The Witcher. The Witcher is like the Beatles of RPGs now. Like, it's, it's <laughs> too, you gotta, gotta remove it from the conversation, because I don't know what demon cd project red made a deal with to make all of those side quests that narratively rich but not even persona 5 pulled that off comes damn Mm -hmm. close but
0: it's the best and most important game of this generation bar none
2: definitively there's just nothing is going to top that until
0: technology becomes something else Right. Well, we'll see with Cyberpunk, but I mean... That's not a game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a card game.
0: We're totally going to see it at <laughs> E3, one. I'm telling you. Alright, uh, before we wrap up, I promised people that we would have a Radiant Historia discussion, but we kind of went down a, a pretty deep rabbit hole, which is not a bad thing to be in mm. in a podcast, I don't think. I, I think those are the best kinds of conversations, but Anthony, you've been playing Radiant Historia. Nadia, you've been playing Radiant Dis- Historia. Discuss.
1: hmm Dueling, dueling historias. Um, now, see, I haven't gotten too far because I have done the prologue. I'm in chapter one, and I'm getting destroyed. This isn't a very easy game. Um, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll grind for some gold and some experience, and uh, I realize, oh, you have to pull off combos to get decent a decent amount of gold. But I am definitely intrigued by the concept, and I am I am surging ahead. Uh, Anthony, do you like the game?
2: So this is my second time playing Radiant Historia. Cat, I actually played the original Radiant Historia based what? on your recommendation.
0: Hey. Uh, what was this like? Two thousand
2: eleven. This is back Please? in two thousand eleven on the old One Up podcast. Oh, wow. after Time Babble?
1: Well, no, it would
0: have been Role Players Realm, right?
2: Yeah, Role Players yeah. Realm. And you, I was like on the treadmill, just being like, oh my god. Not another Atlas RPG. That is as tiring <laughs> as this workout. I got. But you said you said the magic words. You were you you said it really feels like they're putting in the effort on this one. Yes. And you know, it, it, like all the way down to the music, like Yokoshima Mura is busting out all mm. the stops for this one. Mm-hmm. So I played through that entire game, which I know a lot of people didn't, and as you're discovering, Nadia, it's a very laborious RPG. Absolutely. Uh, so this is my second time through, and I wanted to play it again just because I, I like, despite the fact that it's flawed and laborious, I loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. Music, art, so, so good. So I'm playing this on the new easy mode.
1: Uh, oh, right, that's a thing.
2: Which is a thing. Uh, you can play this game while skipping almost all of the combat uh, while still getting all of the experience it doesn't do the thing like bravely default where it says of course you can skip combat and you'll never beat the game uh (laughs) yeah you you can just walk up to enemies slash them with a sword and you get all the experience and money for that and you only have to fight bosses or event fights and Mm -hmm. so far it's really good i do not care for the new character art uh it's it i don't know why they changed that it's the weirdest remake choice in the
1: it's yeah I, like um what? see I, I this is my this is my first time with the game and uh most of the character art i'm fine with i'm fine with the way stock looks uh what the hell is up with raul i
2: can't <laughs> this
1: looks like he-man on steroids yes like, really flowing he- <laughs> hair it's gorgeous hair <laughs> But he's got a weird face. I think it's... Uh, the new art
2: makes more sense than the old art, because in the new one, it just looks like he's like riding a big, ridiculous suit of armor, and he has a normal-sized head. In <laughs> in the original game, he does just look like... He looks like he is a knight who ate the gum from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that made Violet <laughs> Thorogard into <who laughs> a giant blueberry. I don't... I don't know. Um... But yeah, so you, you like the way the characters look in this, Nadia? You're into it?
1: Uh, I'm okay with it. I don't hate it or yeah. love it. Um, I'm, well, the one thing that has me conflicted though, you're talking about the the easy mode, and it's like, yeah, the, the, the battles are very laborious. The They don't give out much in the way of experience or gold, but I do kind of like that grid system where you push the enemies around, run them into each other. Yeah, I find that very interesting, but I feel like I'd get tired of it. But you can't really switch between easy and normal. Yeah. Uh, I think once you stick to easy, you have to stick with easy.
2: Yeah, it, the game it's says the right at the beginning, you, you're you stuck in this mode, which I don't understand why yeah. a game wouldn't give you that option. You know, Xenoblade 2 lets you switch back and forth between the modes. Now, Persona 5, I don't think Persona 5 would be, you know, worth completing if it didn't let you go between difficulty settings.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. I will say, and I'd be interested to know how you feel about it once you're at the end of the game, because that grid system in Radiant Historia is a fascinating battle system. It and is. there's nothing, if anybody listening hasn't played this before, you have a grid of nine boxes, and enemies will be placed sort of anywhere on it. It almost looks like a tic-tac-toe board. And, yeah. and what you want to do is you want to knock as many of those enemies onto a single square as possible. So your main character stock has, you know, his first special move is push back. And then he learns push left. And so it's, you know, constant using all of your characters in a... It almost is like a Final Fantasy X-style turn system where you can see where everybody's going to be. And then part of the strategy Mm -hmm. is jockeying where they're going to be in the turn order and then making sure that all those enemies are in one spot. And it's super, super satisfying. And as you get more characters, it keeps changing. Like, different characters have different ways to push people about that grid. Yeah. The problem is is the game is long. It's like 60 hours long and that battle system stops evolving at around 20. So, yeah, so, yeah, it would. Yeah, so you you the battles stay challenging and long, but it stays stagnant. Like it doesn't change that much. You don't learn a lot of new abilities to keep it spicy. So that's, you know, the easy mode is if you're if you're coming back to this game for all the new story stuff that they added yeah. in, it's kind of the only option.
1: Yeah, um, they do have the enemies on field, and you can actually get the jump on them if you're quick. But they will chase after you, so you, you're not always guaranteed to get away if you don't want to engage in battle. So mm. that's kind of a that's a pain in the butt.
2: Nadia is I don't know anything about Dragon Quest Eleven uh, yet, but I I'm wondering is there any RPG out there that actually has random battles anymore? Because I feel like everybody's moved on.
1: I think even, um, gosh, I think even like the remakes of the old Dragon Quest have gotten rid of random battles. Yeah, three like DS games. Seven like, and I eight
2: have have them on the field,
0: and I'm it's for to, the I best think, because I random agree. battles. Oh, yeah, I think so. Random battles are bad. They're not good. They're not, no. Yeah, there's, not, there's no
1: reason preferred. to have them, frankly.
0: Um, <laughs> no, Pokemon yeah. has them still, and we'll oh, have them forever. Because, and I asked them, I was like, will you ever get rid of random battles? And they're like, no, <laughs> because we like, because nope. they said we like the surprise. of Pokemon
1: does have that element of surprise going on, though. Like, you never know what you're going to run into. That's the whole point of Pokemon, practically.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, the idea is, I mean, all of Pokemon is basically a random number generator of what you're going to run mm-hmm. into in the grass, And it has mechanics that allow you to skip over battles entirely, where it's like, you can take max, I always have like 20 max repels with me, just to, so I can avoid the random battles and everything. Two bets. But it's part and parcel, I I think they see it as part and parcel of the appeal of Pokemon that Mm. you don't see the monsters until they pop out of the grass, that you are... Being surprised by the way they pop out. Yeah. So.
1: But as you say, even the newer games, uh, if you don't want to get into random battles, like you have a chance to just kind of cancel it a lot of the time, and uh, they still have like specialized battles that you kind of where you do see the enemy on screen, and you can choose to engage them or not.
0: And it's essential in some caves where there's a high encounter rate with friggin' Zubax. Of course. That will send their friggin' supersonic at you and confuse uh. you, and then you hurt yourself into your confusion, and then
1: they poison you, and then you're what the fuck. And then you're too lazy to switch out, and you're like, "No, no, I'm gonna get this." And you keep punching yourself in the face for every turn, and it just... <laughs> and then they use Supersonic you again.
0: Uh, you can't escape. Oh, and then they use Mean Look. You can't run away.
1: <laughs> oh, do they know? Mean- do they know Mean Look? I didn't even know that.
0: Yeah, Golbat totally knows Mean Look. Oh, Stephen Golbat. Yeah, they're the worst, and they're faster than you. They're always faster than they're you. They
1: always go fat. They always go first, and their first move was always Supersonic. Yeah, that's why you take the matchup. If
0: you want a reason to carry a Pikachu with you into battle, uh, so that it will outspeed and kill those freaking Zubats.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Pikachu, this is your time to shine.
0: And yeah. the rela- the relative of the of the Zubat in the water is the Tentacool, who yes. will pop out every like couple steps and harass you there too. And then they will be busy poisoning you. Ah, that's the worst. Paraly-
1: do they paralyze you too? I think they can.
0: Uh, I don't remember that. There is one monster, uh, I think it's Muck, who will use Minimize over and over again to raise its evasion so you can't hit it.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Uh,
0: there are Why electrodes that will blow up. Like... Why do we
1: put up with Pokemon?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I have played four Pokemon games. Uh, I played Pearl. I played a little bit of X and Y. I played uh, Black and White 2. And That's I played, one. I played Blue. Uh, I, I, I have no clue about half of the stuff you guys just said, (laughs) like that, like there is, you can play Pokemon. I have never beaten a Pokemon game. I've never seen the credits roll. Uh, but even after like pouring like 40 hours into these, I can't speak Pokemon player. Like there is, there is a, you have to learn it. Like it's a language.
1: There, yeah, especially if you're a competitive player, absolutely. Cat knows the competitive language a little bit more than I do.
0: Yeah, though, I've been left behind, sadly. GameSpot has, game has their own Pokemon expert who actually freaking plays in competitive like tournaments and stuff. And I'm like, I must oh, destroy you. Speed. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, she plays doubles. Yeah, people... uh, the problem is that the Pokemon metagame left me behind because they went with doubles instead of singles. And that mm. always... Uh really burned me up. I I get it. Yeah. Doubles has more tactical possibilities. It's perhaps more interesting to watch on the screen, but I just could never be bothered to learn that metagame. I like the singles metagame. It's the one that I know. So as a consequence, and plus, I mean, at a certain point, I just didn't have time to grind up new monsters. Like I'd be like, I am going to build a team for this version. How much time do I need to put into building this team? Oh, it's going to take a good 30 hours. Yeah, Ugh. forget it. Oh. That's no, like it doesn't actually job. take that long. If you if you really lock in and focus, you can raise a Pokemon in about two hours. But yeah, that yeah, involves like- a lot of repetitive riding back and forth, getting the right egg, making sure that you have the right dittos to do the thing, and then you gotta get the moves and then you have to raise it up. <laughs> it's like Etc., 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 until finally you have the monster that you want, only to discover that it's completely outdated because the friggin' metagame has shifted while you were doing this, and you're like, cool, this monster's useless. Great. You gotta like,
1: follow uh, Smogon with a, with a uh, magnifying glass.
0: Yeah. So I don't have time for that anymore, but. <laughs> I
1: play Pokemon Go.
0: That's it's really simple. That's one of the reasons that I've been beating the drum so hard for literally any solo pve content for for high level players who just do not care about competitive pokemon anymore and i'm very firmly in that camp i do not care i do not want to play competitive pokemon much anymore it's it's a pain in the ass and i think the metagame hasn't been fun since frankly black and white like it got a lot worse in x and y and it got even worse still in sun and moon i'm sick of it I miss the way it was like three generations ago, but I digress. In any case, I am waiting for them to put in the Battle Frontier. I'm waiting for them. Uh, I was talking to, <laughs> I was talking to Robert Boyd uh, on Twitter and talking about how we really, really need a hard mode or a some kind of um, some kind of randomized dungeon that mm-hmm. high level players can explore with their monsters like anything anything to keep me playing after i beat the elite four
1: like pokemon mystery dungeon because the battle tower
0: mm-hmm. exists just to grind it's just there to grind for items so you can play competitively and i get right. i get that the bread and butter of pokemon is sharing and playing with other people i get that but <sighs> okay
2: yeah if you need you need what the new radiant historia has which is a a uber dungeon At the end, that's just ass-kicking battles to Mm. let you engage with that weird battle system.
0: Or like DQ-11. Or like Dragon Quest Eleven, where you get the Mm -hmm. maps that send you into deep, dark, high-level dungeons or something like that. Oh, was
1: that 9? Yeah, that was 9, right?
0: That was 9, yeah, not 11. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that
1: was great. There were people I knew who collected the hell out of those maps. Yeah, great way to grind. I I think
0: that would be a great way to grind. Uh, uh, It would be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, but it's like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. It had uh, the Team Rainbow Rocket stuff. But for some reason, the monsters cap out at like level 70. It's like, cool, I got level 100 monsters. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> One shot. Yeah, like so many people have level 100 monsters that it's like trivial. The reason Black 2 and White 2 were perfect was because you would be playing in the Pokemon World Tournament, which was hella fun. And the monsters were uh, matched your monster levels so right so it was actually a fair fight as opposed to you know you know curb stomping these enemies it's like oh you got a level 70 monster that's nice okay i'm gonna curb stomp you now oh man that was a a pretty random podcast let's uh let's move on to reader mail Alright guys, last time on Acts of the Blood God, we talked about Demon's Souls. We paid tribute to it, and we had some comments. To that effect, Max Beto said, I picked up a Demon Souls about a year after it came out. It was very hard to get into. It's one of the few games where I completely restarted after having lost all my souls multiple times through 1-1 before I could even use them so that I could blast through the levels and end up with tons of souls. I remember being so scared of Phalanx and luring as many of the little ones away as I could because the rest of the level before him had been so hard. And they keep going like this, uh, to say the least. They really liked Demon Souls. <laughs> yeah. This is actually a pretty long one. Said, "I have six platinums for the five games, and can thank Demon Souls for the lessons it taught me." Umbasa, and nice guy Neon says, "I will say this about Demon's Souls being the for sure game of the year in 2009. Every Souls game I've played has been a sure game of the year choice, even if I opted for something different." the design and gameplay just feel timeless no matter how many times i play or which entry it is it took a real masterpiece in later years to compete and top each souls sequel bayonetta 2 in 2014 Witcher 3 in 2015 for example however i'm fully committed to the idea that if the souls series were introduced in those later years for the very first time as opposed to 2009 i would have said it was the very best game of 2014 or 2015 anthony did you play demon souls
2: I played Demon Souls and I imported Demon's Souls because I was one of those people who owned a PlayStation 3. Yeah, really what a nerd. Really and was just I, And you needed games. I, I was like, there's an exclusive from the guys that made Otogi. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so I, I got it. And I, I that was the one, it, like there was no documentation Yet, right. there was there was nothing out there. There was like a NeoGAF thread that was as impenetrable as the game was. And I, I played through the first boss, which was this gelatinous mass of like jellyfish that were armored and Eesh. got through that after, you know, like six or seven hours. It was brutal just wow. figuring that out. And what happens in that first castle in Demon's Souls is you you finish off the first boss, a giant door opens, and there's a bridge on the other side. And you go out, I started walking across the bridge, and a screen-sized dragon just appears and sets everything (laughs) on the bridge on fire. And I was like, nope, screw you, I'm done (laughs) with you. Demon Souls. I love RPGs
1: that step things up like that in one, like in, in five seconds. Oh man, I, you feel so good conquering this low level boss, and then hey, guess what's next? I'm a big fuck off dragon. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Nope. The entire that's and that's the entire Souls experience, and some people find that super energizing. And I was just like, no, I <laughs>
1: no I get intimidated. I get scared the second dragon. I saw that
0: dragon. I was like, whoa, man, what a badass! And once you discover that you could kill the dragon, even better.
2: Yeah, super cool. I traded I traded that import copy of Demon Souls for folklore. Uh, oh, God. Why would, would you do dig that? Dig deep. <laughs> I, God. I regret, I regret <laughs> nothing. Six axis control for life. Oh, my Lord. Yeah.
0: Brandon Hall says, Final Fantasy XV's ending is the first to top my old favorite, Final Fantasy X. You may recall, folks, by the way, that we talked about RPG endings a couple of episodes ago. Final Fantasy fifteen also had a journey that I really enjoyed that I felt informed and supported the ending beautifully. The camaraderie of the boys was very entertaining and touching. I would have liked it if the story bits about the origins of the friendships and those anime shorts were included in the game itself, but the fact that they fleshed it all out only helps support the ending more. Which, by the way, the uh, Final Fantasy fifteen is out on PC this week and it looks really gorgeous. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, my friend is playing it for the first time, so she's like, oh my god, I love eating so much! And of course, she's going crazy about all the food, we would
0: <laughs> we, uh, we posted an article earlier this week, I, I believe it was titled, Final Fantasy XV is still tearing the US Gamer staff apart. <laughs> because it is! It is totally tearing the US Gamer staff apart! We all have very divisive opinions about this game. Uh, Katie and Mike are yeah. very much on the anti-side nadia and i are very much on the pro side and
1: i'm surprised at mike mike's usually very positive about everything he plays
0: i don't know about that actually i think i think katie runs extremely hot and cold um i think Mm. mike if mike really doesn't like something he will let you know about it and he will like relentlessly beat the drum of why he doesn't think it's that good a game he he, he he's very particular about that kind of stuff. So he,
1: he uh, calls Final Fantasy 15 slow kingdom hearts. <laughs> I was like, why would I want to play slow kingdom hearts?" And I'm like, "Well, I can't argue with that."
2: Yeah, I can't argue with that. I I have heard Mike talk very, very badly about Star Citizen. But I suppose that's oh. not liking a game. That's like not liking a myth. So it's That's not... like
1: not liking a cult. Okay, right. can yeah. I you don't
0: like can I cult. just say something very briefly about Star Citizen before we wrap up? <laughs> Sure. sure. Y'all put in sixty dollars or a hundred dollars into a game that wasn't sure. even concept art in what twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. And they <laughs> promised the universe to you. Literally, they promised the universe. You were going to be in this giant universe with FPS elements, and it's going to be an MMO, and it's going to have a single player campaign. Guess what, y'all? It takes time to make that game. Okay, <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> You all wanted to put your money in there and have it out in six months. That's not how it works. Friggin' Fallout 4 took a decade to make. Horizon Zero Dawn was being made on and off from 2010. Okay? Games take a long time to make now. You put money into a game that wasn't even concept in 2012 don't expect it until, like, 2025, is what I'm saying. And you're all sitting here going, Oh, this game is a total scam. It's totally my, my money because it didn't give it out to me in, like, six months. If you want the game that you want, this ultimate Uber game, you're going to have to wait for it. I'm sorry. So that's my thoughts on Star Citizen.
1: I have absolutely zero dog in this fight because... Uh,
0: I put 60 like, bucks into this game, by the way, so I have a horse in this fight.
1: Oh, <laughs> you'll, get it, right. you'll get it someday, cat. Right. don't worry. A
0: very bitey horse.
1: All
2: right. <laughs> I want to I wanna just say one thing about Final Fantasy 15. Arden is a better villain than Kefka just putting it out there
1: just putting it out he there for the like, world he looks like Aqualung like um, an anime Aqualung he, he's a weirdo like, what's wrong with his hair
2: I love Arden
1: I love Arden so much he is I like him don't get me wrong but I'm like hey it's like why, why is Aqualung talking to me in this truck stop and that's why I love Final Fantasy 15, all this weird shit happening in truck stops
0: Hardin believes that it's all about ethics and games journalism.
1: Oh. Axe <laughs> <laughs> of Blood God of is
0: a U.S. Gamer podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are, are sold. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Capot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford and follow us on all of the social media channels, Twitter and Facebook at U.S. Gamer Net. We're also on Twitch. We stream every Tuesday and Thursday. The U.S. Gamer Lunch Hour we stream at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we've been hitting a lot of different games I, I hunted elder dragons just the other day with heron uh our uh very reclusive guides writer I, I, he doesn't want to be reclusive but yeah he helped me out with elder dragons anthony where can we find you you can find me
2: on twitter at a john agnello you can find me at my day job venturebeat.com you can find my writing at the av club and you uh can hear me on my other podcast which is the continue podcast and that's at Continue Pod on Twitter for new episodes.
0: Anthony, yes, follow jo- Anthony John Ignello on Twitter for all of his b- hot Breath of the Wild takes.
2: Hot, oh, breath, of, hot
0: breath of the Wild So takes many takes, all the time. steaming and hot.
2: They will never, I will never, ever stop being angry
0: about it. <laughs> it's all right, just. Un- uh, um, on that note I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you off because i, I my god I, I don't need to hear more breath of the wild hot takes but no. <laughs> uh, we are, we'll be back next week and until then for anthony noddy and myself thanks for listening until then happy adventuring